0: good afternoon everybody and welcome to transcending together with julianne and lee
1: when i came out i found such power everything about me changed physically emotionally i felt so much more comfortable with
0: myself the way i walked changed my clothes changed Good afternoon everybody. Well of course that was the incomparable Kathleen Stock talking on Gender Wars last Tuesday. Now this has obviously caused a lot of discussion and debate over the last week and obviously this is something that we need to have a conversation about. So Lee did you have a chance to see the program?
2: Yes Julie I did and my blood was boiling after it. You know the whole program i thought was was quite biased and intended more to portray her point of view than anyone else's she wants that on the one hand for herself but nobody else else is allowed to be themselves and i found that they quite rude mm. yeah she's the victim isn't she mm. that's definitely yeah. how it was portrayed i felt a bit confused because i'm a cisgender woman I'm a lesbian woman. And I felt very confused because, like, on the one hand, the stuff that they were saying about women in general made sense to me. But their argument about why trans women aren't women didn't make sense to me at all. It was just the programming that you've been through that you think in this one particular way, that you can't see the other side of the coin, that you can't see the other person's perspective. They can't see the trans person's perspective in this. So I was feeling
0: quite confused yeah I think that's an interesting point because the only trans person that actually gave any platform to was somebody who by their own admission doesn't really mind whether they well they present themselves as trans but they don't seem to recognize to me it was just a bunch of older generation people waxing lyrical and making comments and the youngsters the young people who had the most to say were treated with the least amount of respect by the program and I think that was the bit that really bothered me and the narrator did actually say at one point that young people have a different perception around gender and we have to be sensitive to that fact and as the older generation we have to be sensible about it and we have to listen to them and these aren't 9 year olds these are Oxford university students they're some of the brightest intellectuals in the country so I find that extremely disrespectful of the younger people to talk down to them in that way. One of the notes I made when I was watching the program was the reality is for as long as we live in a structurally binary society, there is only the choice between male and female. And there were conversations that sort of came up around you know, what bathrooms to use and so forth. And the fact of the matter is you only have mixed gender bathrooms or male or female, and not everywhere has gender-neutral bathrooms, then it's not a problem, ever. But the reality is, if you go to gym, you're only presented with two changing options. And I personally, in the past, have thought to myself, well, I could ask the the gym if I could use the disabled bathroom, but then I'm thinking, no, because I'm not disabled, and that's disingenuous. There's the word again. We're going to do a word count on (laughs) how many times I say it. It's disingenuous to disabled people. What if they need to use the bathroom and I'm in there? That part of it just really bothered me. And just coming back to that opening quote from her, the idea that she gets to be everything she ever wanted to be, but trans people who feel exactly the same way. Every single trans person you talk to will say the same thing. They'll use those same words. So why does she get to have it? And no one else can. Trans people can't have that. Why would she want to take that away from us? That I think is particularly unfair. I mean, she also talked in there, which I thought was quite interesting in that segment where she was talking about how wonderful she felt when she came out. She even concedes. And I've actually got that. I did actually take that bit out. So I'm going to play that bit now for you, where she admits that had she been younger today, she might have considered it. So this is her in her own words. I
1: know I dress like a man, I get hair cut like a man, and sometimes people think, briefly, that I am a man. And I don't mind that. I know I can't, I know I'm a woman, and I don't think I'm a man. In a different version of me, transplanted into the future, when I, if I'd been a teenager, I do think that this whole non-body stuff, or, you know, your sex, you can basically become less feminine, and it's cool, surgically, would have appealed to me.
0: So where does she get all saying that, that if she were younger, that might be something she would consider? But now she's not younger, no one should be given that opportunity. That How does that work?
2: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't make sense at all. It really doesn't. I think a lot of it is circling back to what you were saying about the youth and It seems that the youth today are more open to different ideas than other generations, our generations. And I think that's because they're like basically connected to a computer 24-7. So they've got that information, whereas we didn't.
0: Yeah, they've grown up in a completely different world to us.
2: Different world, absolutely different world. So, I think we do need to be more sensitive about the youth today because that's probably why it seems like all of a sudden there's more transgender people and non-binary people. It's because of the information that the youth have got and, and almost that maturity that comes in a little bit sooner than our generations experienced it. So, I'm here to say, you know, perhaps if I was younger, in a different generation it might be appealing well that's probably why it's appealing to the vast majority of the younger generations and that's why it seems like all of a sudden being transgender has become like an epidemic because seems like everyone's embracing a, a different point of view about it.
0: That's an interesting point. And they did bring that up as well about... She did go on to say something about... And it might be in one of the clips I play later. But she did go on to say about how it's very appealing to... In fact, let me find the clip. I'll see... Mm-hmm. Hang on a minute. Oh, yeah, it's this one here. So this is what she says about... And this is that dog whistle to this all being a fad and and the latest thing and this is what she says
1: my concern is that this has become such a popular narrative in the last 10 years in the culture that there are people transitioning who where this is not the right story for them and it won't ultimately be the right story for them and then there will be irrevocable harms that they have done to themselves along the way that they can't take back so that's one big worry
0: So, this talks to the whole myth around detransitioners, and there's thousands of detransitioners. And again, that is a dog whistle to the most violent anti trans people because that's exactly the messaging that they put out there. So she's been very sly here because she's she's coming across as, as so reasonable, but it's a dog whistle. It's something that's going to trigger the likes of KJK mm-hmm. and the more vociferous gender critical side of things. I see we're coming up to a break, so we're just going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to just talk about that a little bit more. See you in a bit.
2: Oh, I love
3: this. this,
0: this we continue this. in moments. This is
3: good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK.
4: Many website owners don't like their website hosting company or support provider, but are too scared to move to someone else in case they lose their site or it affects their business. Based in Telford at Purple Prince Media, we will move your website to us free of charge with the best support possible. And if you're looking to start up a business, we're also here to design and build your website from the ground up with unbeatable prices on web hosting and dedicated servers. We're also certified Magento developers, which is the world's biggest e-commerce platform. So rest assured, your online business is just a click away. Drop us an email on hello at purpleprince.co.uk or visit purpleprince.co.uk to get started. Purple Prince Media, the local website company. Win £25,000 and help Truck Listens at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click win £25,000 for more details ever thought about having your own radio show well now you can as we're looking for presenters to join our team no experience is needed and minimal equipment required for more information email info at transradiouk.com UK. UK. tune in via DAB in Ireland download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com
3: Malcolm here
0: Don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music and chat
4: here
3: on Trans Radio UK.
0: Welcome back, everybody. So we were talking just before the break about the extent to which Kathleen Stock was sending up these little dog whistles to the gender critical people out there. And I want to loop back a little bit and ask you something. So she's saying that she would find it compelling were she older or younger. Now, being a lesbian yourself, where are you in terms of that? I mean, have you ever questioned your gender?
2: I've not questioned my gender, but let me tell you a story about my, my childhood growing up. Because certainly if I was growing up now life might look a little bit differently so growing up in the apartheid era south africa in 1980 you know i think not many people knew what gay was and, and things like that but uh, when i was when i was young and it started right from you know when i was a toddler i did not want to be a girl i wanted to be a boy. and the reason why i wanted to be a boy was because they had so much more fun than girls girls had to play with dolls and they had to do sport like netball and hockey and things like that, whereas boys, they could play with toy guns and toy cars, and they could play proper sports like rugby and cricket and soccer. And I just wanted to be a boy because I thought they had so much fun. I didn't want to wear, like, pink frilly dresses and go shopping with mother, and off I'd go to the boys' department because their clothes were so much more comfortable and things like that. And obviously, again, nobody really knew about such things like this. I was just labelled a tomboy and she'll grow out of it. It's just a phase that she's going through. And then I think I kind of did because, you know, I, I got some hormones going through my body. And, you know, following society's norms, you're supposed to like boys. And I went, ooh. I don't like boys so much anymore, they're not so cool, you know. I much prefer girls, but I never really wanted to permanently change into a boy. I just thought, as a younger child, that they had more fun. And then, when I was at a, you know, my teenage years, I really didn't like boys so much, and I started to pay more attention to girls. So, I guess…
0: within yourself, how did you feel? So, you were happy being a girl who liked girls?
2: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I think had I been born now and displayed those kind of attitudes or whatever, probably would be a lot different, you know. Perhaps I had informed parents and they would Encourage me! Oh yes, darling, you can be a boy kind of thing. But it was just laughed at. Oh, look at Lee; she's a tomboy. Look at her climbing a tree. But yeah, when when I got to a sort of like more mature teenage, and it was like, no, I'm I'm happy being a girl. I don't mind that at all. And yeah, I really like girls.
0: <laughs> so, what age do you think you were when you sort of realised? So, so are you saying that when you were pre-pubescent, you wanted to be, you identified more with boys? Yes. But how old were you when you had this realisation? You say a mature teen, but like, what are we talking here, 15, 16?
2: I think probably from about 15, 16. And I think a lot of it had to do with, like, societal pressure because at that age you're supposed to like boys. That's the normal thing. And I did try, I tried very hard, you know, to fit into that mould of you must like boys. And it just... You know, it wasn't my cup of tea. I, I knew that that wasn't me. That wasn't what I was supposed to be, you know. It was the girls that got my attention.
0: Okay, so that's quite interesting because when they talk about detransitioners and they talk about people making life-changing decisions, we're not talking about transitioning nine-year-olds. What we want to be able to do is to remove, I think, as as you were saying, why shouldn't a nine-year-old girl have access to things like football or rugby? Why should that be... A specifically boy thing. So it's had you been given the broader range of choices and been able to be a rough and tumbly girl, then you wouldn't have been forced into this gender binary. And that sort of goes back to what I was saying. Because we live in a structurally binary society, the only reference points we have for things which we feel are relevant to us is gender based. And I think for a lot of young girls, As you say, you get away with it because you get to be a tomboy and that's kind of cool. But and the boys don't mind because this is great, you know, especially if you've got older brothers, you know, they don't mind you tagging along because you're fitting in. Mm -hmm. But the inverse of that, because of our, our structurally binary society, for a boy to identify with things which are typically girly, that is completely unacceptable. And that's you being, what's the right word? Oh, well, to be blunt, you know, you're a sissy. Yeah. And that's diminutive. It's negative. It has a negative connotation. Whereas girls, you know, there's a a lot more flexibility. But we're talking about prepubescent, prepubescent. We're talking about primary school level. The reality is, and if anyone bothered to read the research or do their own research, they would come to realize that the majority of trans people have been confused their whole lives to a large extent in retrospect so I can look back to when I was pre-pubescent and I can say yes I definitely had the markers of wanting to be a girl but equally that could have been and I did ask this question myself that could have been a consequence of me Having a sense that girls got it easier and to be really nerdy about it. The thing that really hammered that home to me was Star Wars. (laughs) Because Luke got sent to a vapor farm in the middle of a desert and Leia got to be a princess in a palace so so I did when when I was when I finally got to learn about what is transgender and I was 40 years old when I finally discovered that this is what this thing is in retrospect looking back I can see that those were the things that that were markers or telltale signs if you like but it really only came I mean the dysphoria I felt uncomfortable as a youngster, as a, in primary school. But when I turned so 14, 15 years old, that's when it really struck. And obviously, it's, it's the pubescent phase, because that's where your body is starting to change. And mm. Katie even referred to that in the documentary, where she talked about this idea that your body's out of control. Your body's changing, but it's not changing in a way that you're comfortable with. Your voice is breaking. I, I used to love it when I was younger, because I could answer the phone and my sister's boyfriends would think it was them. (laughs) And I used to (laughs) pretend to be them. (laughs) And then my voice broke. And I was, like, really disappointed that my voice was so deep. And for those who know me, they know that, yes, my voice is still deep, but it was deeper than it is now. So, yeah, that that was... So that part of of the documentary, I thought, really didn't deal... They could have taken something that she said, that Stock said... And played that back to the other participants and said, how, do you, how would you respond to this? How does this make you feel? But it seems like they used her as the narrative point and then just had these other stories tagging along, which didn't really talk to or counter what the narrative was that she was spilling out. And I think that's where a lot of people came away from that documentary with the sense that this, didn't, this wasn't fair. This wasn't a fair and balanced view as it was as it was presented to be and and in all the marketing and everything like that. So, yeah. So moving on from that. So then she talked about this section here. So I'm going to play this. We have a little discussion about it and then we think we're approaching another break. But let's let's play this bit and then I will come back to you We'll talk a little bit about it, go to break and come back and talk about it some more.
1: The level of toxicity now and misunderstanding that's out there is just huge.
0: We didn't have to be here. Now, disingenuous. (laughs) Number three. Check that. The only reason we're here is because you started it. I'm sorry, Kathleen Stock. You, your side, started this war. It's like Russia getting upset when Ukraine bombs Moscow. And it's like, well, who started it? And this is the thing. We weren't, everybody, I kind of feel like until two years ago, everybody was just kind of okay. Everybody was getting on with stuff. Trans people had what they had. We were using bathrooms. We were enjoying being integrated into society as women? We didn't start this debate, as they call it. And since Channel 4 have chosen to use the word wars, we didn't start this war. We didn't throw the first stone. So, so no. That's on you, Kathleen Stock. That's not on trans people. We haven't made this debate toxic. You have. The likes of Kelly Jean, Jay, whatever your name is this week, you started this by sowing fear, uncertainty and doubt into the population. And now you're putting it on us. You're blaming the victim, which is really ironic considering how it's a cornerstone of feminism and women's rights that women for their lives, for for all of history, have been victim blamed. You shouldn't have worn that short skirt. You shouldn't have made yourself look so pretty and sexy. What were you doing walking home alone at night? You've decried that. You've fought against that. And you continue to fight against that. And now you go and do it yourself? Oh, we need to go to a break before my head explodes. <laughs> Be back after oh, this. I love this. We continue in moments. good. Yes, yes. You're
3: locked to Trans Radio UK. Are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively? Why not check out Transsober? We're a grassroots peer support group for the community, by the community. Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. Looking for business cards, flyers, in fact, anything in print? We can help. Digital Format Specialists www.printsmart.uk.com Think smart, print smart Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com Transradio UK A global radio station the whole LGBTQ plus community can be proud of
4: Are you looking for an intimate and affordable graphic design service?
0: Are you an indie author needing help to publish your book? Theodora Rosenberg is here to help. With packages for marketing, publishing and branding available, you're sure to be satisfied. Find out more at authortheorose.com
3: Trans Radio UK is on right now across the UK and beyond. Now, now, more of the music you love. One more. Trans Radio UK,
0: and we're back. So, have I calmed down? Mm, <laughs> not so much. What? What's your take on that perception that somehow we, the trans people, are responsible for this war? that's broken
2: I an, an, yeah i think an, an interesting point that you mentioned is like two three years ago there wasn't this, this so-called war out there once people got along did what they needed to do and people just minded their own business and then suddenly out of almost nowhere it's just exploded with all this toxicity and i find that quite interesting you know what? What? What's kind of like happened over the last two, three, four years to to bring this this out in into into the open and into such a toxic atmosphere? You, you don't you don't really know what to say nowadays in case you you know you make the situation a lot worse. And I think a lot of people feel like that, so they will remain silent because they don't really understand how. Their words and actions have a direct impact on others. So instead of speaking out and saying, well, you know, have you actually sat down with a trans woman and spoken to a trans woman and, you know, found out a little bit more about them? People tend to be a lot more silent about it rather. Let's rather not get involved in that. And I think that's that's quite hard because I think if people were a bit more open too, Hearing the other side, but hearing the other side from the other side, not from what the media portrays the other side be you know, I think that's a really good place to start. Just find out for yourself.
0: Yeah, I wonder if she's ever she she likes to position herself as the reasonable party and has and creates this impression that she's never had a reasonable discussion with a trans person. And I'm like, well, have one with me then you know yeah, absolutely. here we go. I'm calling out, I doubt you listen to Trans Radio, but if anyone out there knows Kathleen and knows how to get hold of her, I would be more than happy to have her come on the show and meet me and you, and we can have a polite conversation, because apparently that's what she thinks is lacking. I think it comes down, I the way I see it, is There's a chronology to these events because... So the David Cameron Tory government was a coalition with the Liberal Democrats. And I think to a large extent, the Liberal Democrats were a bit of a softening effect on the worst excesses of right-wing Toryism. Then we had Brexit. And Brexit coincided with Trump. And that, to me, is kind of the tipping point. And I think I've said this before, that I feel like the tipping point certainly in the UK was when we discarded Jeremy Corbyn in favor of Theresa May. And that was, we could have had a very different society, I think, if we'd gone the Corbyn route. You know, and I know he's a bit of a Marmite person, but I don't vote on personality, I vote on policy. And we don't have presidents, we don't vote for a president, we vote for a party, we're supposed to vote on policy. So these people who are saying, oh, you know, I've always voted Labour, but I just can't stand Jeremy Corbyn. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter, mate, because he can only do as much as his cabinet lets him do. So he wasn't going to be an autocrat, not like Donald Trump, not like Boris Johnson. And I think. The reason why it's got so toxic is because the Tories have lost control. They have no idea what to do about Brexit. And here we now sit with the economy in tatters and all they can think to do is deflect. And it's the same with the right wing in, in America. So we are standing shoulder to shoulder with our old American allies. But this time, unfortunately, we're the bad guys to use to quote you'll think maybe if we are the bad guys. I'm sorry about my very bad German accent there. And I'm not culturally appropriating. I'm quoting from the movie, from the TV programme. So the next thing that they went on, or one of the things that they talked about, which I want to highlight, is this part where Julie Bindle, Biddle, can't quite recall, don't really care. This is what she had to say. We will treat trans women with dignity and with respect. Now that's interesting, Hmm. so where does this fit in?
3: Every fetish out there comes under queer and they ask, like what? And I tell them everything from autogonophilia, bestiality, domination and submission, sadomasochism, transvestites, transsexuals, ladyboys, torture, voyeurism, paedophilia, Sex with minors. The ultimate goal. The manipulation and control of the taking of innocent children. That is the queer theory. Groomers! 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 Groomers!
0: Groomers! Groomers! Yeah, that's respectful. (laughs) (laughs) So now we are responsible for everything that's wrong with the world? I mean... That is not respectful. No, I I know they didn't feature this person, but maybe they should have. You know, if they wanted to be balanced, the reality is KJK has a massive platform and makes a lot of noise. And I have to think to myself, if they were truly, if Channel 4 truly wanted to do a balanced report, then they would have included stuff from KJK. Surely... They didn't platform anyone on the other side of the debate who has an unreasonable position. I mean, what do you think, Lee?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think just going back over what we've already spoken about, it it wasn't balanced at all. It was, I'm not paying lip service to to everything and to use to use one of your favourite words, very disingenuous.
0: Really. Oh, that's one for you. You're falling behind.
2: I'm falling behind. It's a good thing this isn't a drinking game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean,
0: it would be yeah, a very I sad drinking game considering neither considering
2: neither of us neither of us drink <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Have a shot of Treats. water, <laughs>
2: <laughs> a shot of water. <laughs> but yeah, I I think I think it was just pay, paying lip service. I think it was very one sided. I think it was showing. Kathleen Stock as as the victim because, you know, she's had to give up her career because she stood on her, her principles and you know it's she's she's the one that's had to so yeah, I don't think it was balanced at all.
0: Yeah, and I mean she was going on about how she's been cancelled and that cancel culture has gone too far. And I'm kind of that really irritates me because, so so she was talking about, she's, the, the debate she was supposed to have at Oxford was supposedly about the right, you know, it, it, do we have a right to offend people? And for me, the right to offend someone goes hand in hand with the right to cancel them. Because if somebody has unreasonable views, then why not? You know, I would rather know what they think. I would rather know. I think Katie mentioned this. She would rather know that that wasn't Katie. Maybe I'm crossing it over with something else I watched. But I mean, likewise, I would like to know if somebody really hated trans people so that I could make an informed decision about whether or not to actually allow that person into my space and to listen to them. And I talked a a few weeks ago about those YouTube channels where I really liked the content, but when it turned out that the people behind it were complete right-wing ravagers, I cancelled it. I mean, I didn't make a song and dance, I just unsubscribed because I don't want that in my life. And so for me, the right to offend and freedom of speech comes with the right to cancel someone if (laughs) their views... Are abhorrent. And I love that they're always on at us about cancel culture. Whereas if you look at what happened with that beer company, and I won't mention the name because they don't pay any sponsorship, but a beer company sponsors a a TikTok influencer. And the next thing you've got videos on YouTube and on TikTok of people shooting up cases of these beers. With AR-15s. How is that not cancel culture? How are they not cancelling? We're never going to drink this beer again. Take that, you know, and how's bush or whoever the, the brewer is. We're never buying your beers again. Well, isn't that cancelling? And our good not-so-friend Sharon Davies, who I shared a platform with, unfortunately not together, late last Friday... Which you can listen to that interview on com, And, but I was basically brought on to kind of give a counterpoint to Sharon Davies hot on the news of cycling banning trans women. And, but Sharon Davies threw out all her sports bras from this particular manufacturer, because the same TikToker had been sponsored by this particular brand. And I think that's cancel culture, don't you think? And if you drink a particular type of beer, you're going to turn into a transgender person. Then don't drink that beer, whatever you do. Don't anyway. But that's your choice. It's freedom of association. You've got the right not to purchase and and have those things, right? You know, so don't buy them. It's absolutely fine. And there was a case last week where people were tearing apart a major department store in America because they were selling Pride merch because it's Pride Month. Now, can you imagine the uproar of trans people or LGBT people went into shops and started pulling down displays and disrupting and threatening staff? I, what, I, I saw an interview with with the company, with a spokesperson for the company who said they've had to move the stuff to the back of the shop to protect their staff. So tell me again. How we are the problem? I don't think we make people feel unsafe to that extent. I mean, I know, and, you know, obviously the bathroom debate is a big deal, but that's genuine fear. If companies have to make special arrangements to protect their staff, I mean, it reminds me of what happened last year at Brighton Pride when Wix paraded a vehicle that said no LGB without the T. And the Kathleen Stock side of the debate went absolutely mental about that so no you don't get to say and and they were saying oh you know never 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 buy anything from wex and ah wex you know do you know lesbians are the biggest DIYers out there (laughs) (laughs) so now ha ha you're gonna lose all our business how is that not cancel culture but i don't it's not cancel culture what it is is its people have a right of association. If you don't agree with the values of a particular company, you are perfectly entitled not to participate in the services that it provides. That's what democracy is. That's what free market capitalism is all about. So you can't decry people cancelling you if your views... So you got cancelled from the University of Sussex, which to my understanding, you actually quit. And even though you had the backing of the faculty and things only got out of hand at University of Sussex because the faculty backed you. So you had the backing. Eventually you quit. You resigned. You weren't forced out by the faculty. The reality is the people, your customers, your students did not like what you were saying and they did not feel safe. So as much as you say,
1: Clearly, there were some very anxious students at Sussex who really believed I wanted to hurt them. And it didn't matter how many times I tried to explain that that's
0: not what was going on at all. You said, you tried to say to him, I'm not trying to harm anyone. But you were, you were Kathleen Stock. You were harming them because your views were not acceptable to the community in which you existed. And I think I have just spoken for this entire segment. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to duck away for a break. I'm going to have some water. And then when we come back, we will try to sort of see see what we've got left in the bank of clips and see where we go in the few minutes in in the last segment with the amount of time we have left see you in a bit
3: oh i love this This, this,
0: we continue in moments
1: this is good yes yes
3: you're locked to trans radio uk
1: do you need someone to talk to Feel you have no one that will listen. It doesn't have to be that way.
0: listens, because everyone needs to talk sometime. Call 0800 009
1: 6640 between 8am and 2am. Truck listens, because everybody needs to talk sometime.
4: Did you know we receive no funding here at Trans Radio UK? To keep us on air and growing, we rely on donations. To donate, please head to www.transradiouk.com and click the link. A regular payment of £20 will see you become a partner of Truck. Other options are available. Email info@transradiouk.com for details. A big thank you from all the team here at Trans Radio UK.
3: The world's largest radio station for the trans community. Trans Radio UK.
0: Hi everyone, we're back. So I was just chatting to Lee over the break and I was having a look at the number of clips that I actually pulled from... The the TV program, and I don't think we're necessarily going to get to all of them. I guess you probably need more than an hour to unpack all the the lies and half-truths that were spoken about on that particular program. One of the things that did come up, which I thought was particularly valid, not on their side, but I think it's really important that we talk about it. Because this is something that they the gender-critical side of this war, this is the card they play. And it's about sowing fear, uncertainty, and doubt, FUD. And fear, someone once told me, is false expectations appearing real. So I thought, let's actually have a look at the reality of the situation. Now, there was one quote which I'm going to play quickly, and then I'm going to talk to you about these stats. So this is the clip, and this will unfortunately be the last clip I think we'll have time to get to, but let me just play this one.
4: The sad fact is that most abusive men are in people's homes, are people they know, are people they work with, or are in institutions alongside. Abusive, sexually violent men do not need to transition to live as trans women, in order to be sexually violent to women and children. Sadly, that is a daily occurrence.
0: So that really got me thinking about, okay, so that's what they accuse us of, is that we are this threat. So I went off and I decided I'm going to do some research on this. So they said on that program that trans people are 0.5%. ...of the UK population. So I did a little Google search... ...and I looked for violence and sexual offences. Now the only data I could really get to... ...was for England, Wales and Northern Ireland. I don't know why Scotland was excluded from that. But in 2022... ...and these are official figures... ...the total number of violent... Violence and sexual offences committed across the three countries was 2,085,675. So, if violence and sexual offences were proportional to the per- proportion of transgender people in British society, that works out to 1,043. Of those offenses statistically would have been committed by transgender people. So I then went off and I did a search. And funnily enough, the one piece of research so I did a search for violent and sexual offenses committed by transgender people. Now, fun, it was really nothing really came up on Google except the article paper, which was submitted by none other than Kathleen Stock to Parliament in order to convince Parliament not to change the Gender Recognition Act. So this was back in 2020, 2021, I think was the date of this particular thing. Now, They quote this statistic, Ministry of Justice stats show that 76 of the 129 male-born prisoners identifying as transgender in the prison system have at least one conviction of sexual offense. And they extrapolate this out. They basically say, so 36 convictions for rape and 10 for attempted rape. So that's 46 across the entire United Kingdom. So that's Ministry of Justice. So that's the entire United Kingdom, 46, as opposed to the 1,043 we would have committed if it were representative of our percentage of population conversely again according to government statistics 2630 hate crimes against transgender people were report were recorded by the police in 2022 an increase of 16 percent from the previous year what do you think about that lee yeah i
2: mean i think um there's uh, that old saying there's um, statistics lies
0: lies damn lies, statistics. damn lies and statistics lies
2: and statistics yeah and I think statistics can be used in, in a way to support your uh, biased point of view. And uh, I think, you know, I think to sum it up, what, you, what you're what you trying to say there is that most studies have shown that there is no correlation between having um, inclusive bathroom policies, as one example, and the increase in, in safety incidents. Um, I think it's, it's more a case of if there are any incidents, it's, it's rather that. The transgender individuals themselves are facing harassment and violence in these places. But it's never portrayed that way. It's always portrayed as the sexual predatory men who are now dressing up as women.
0: Yeah, transgender people are statistically more likely to be the victim of a crime than to commit a crime. That's what those stats say to me. And I thought it was quite interesting because in the break, Lee and I were talking about a conversation her and I had had a while ago where we were talking about whether or not trans women should be have access to trans, to female hospital wards. And um, basically what I said to Lee is, um, so I'm going to ask her again. I'm going to put her on the spot. And you've got to give me the answer you gave me, okay? I
2: will, yeah.
0: So I said to Lee, okay, who do you think is the most... In- You're in a ward, there's a trans woman in there. Who do you think is the most dangerous person in that room?
2: So the choice was, there's a transgender patient, right? Yeah. And a transgender nurse. Who do I think is the most dangerous person in the room? And my answer was, and I'm just being honest, I had a problem with the transgender patient who was 70 and just had her appendix taken out, But not the nurse. That was okay to me. That was okay to me. I didn't have a problem with that.
0: Yeah, which is interesting because what I said to that was that the nurse has more access to your physical body than the other patient who's had their appendix out. The other patient who's had their appendix out, all they're trying to do is get better and get the hell out of there. No one wants to be there. And statistically, nurses, historically, and this isn't, I'm not being horrible about nurses, I'm just saying. Um there have been nurses who have been serial killers. So, you know, other than the fictitious um character in the Hannibal Lecter films, and that person wasn't really trans either, he just liked to wear the skin of the woman he killed. Um statistically you're more likely to be hurt by the nurse, intentionally or otherwise, because also, let's not forget, our NHS is under so much pressure that there's a very good, not a very good chance, but statistically, you're quite likely to be given the wrong medicine. So you're you more at risk from the nurse, be they trans or cis, than you are from another patient whose only thing they want to do is get better and get the hell out of there so we we thought that was quite interesting we thought we would replay that little conversation that we had
2: (laughs) but I think the, the, the point here for our listeners is like you know that was my perception and that was based purely on you know what I'd heard in the media that trans women are these sexual predators and without having an actual conversation with a transgender woman and I said well you know this would be my my fear, you know, is I'd be worried about the transgender woman on the other side. But then, hearing Julie's perspective, it's like, ah, yes. No, you're probably right. It's, we are brought up to uh, respect authority, so therefore the nurse, Mm -hmm. the trans woman nurse, wasn't a threat to me. But then hearing another person's perspective, where you say, you know, trans woman patient probably just wants to get better and, you know, is just come out of surgery and not feeling well, so I think it's important that you have open and honest dialogue, that you listen, that you have compassion, and you take on board and go, well, I see that person's perspective and point of view, and maybe mine was a little bit clouded, and I was judging too much. And, um, you know, it goes a long way to sort of bridging the, the gap, hmm. is having those conversations with somebody of representation.
0: Yeah, Exactly. It's about sensible conversations. It's not about people screaming into megaphones. And if you're going to scream into megaphones, we're going to come along with megaphones and we're going to scream back. But we weren't the ones who started it. And, you know, I just come back to that again. We are defending ourselves. And we are being victim blamed. We are being told we are the problem because we exist. We are the ones who are being told, well, you shouldn't have been wearing a dress. You shouldn't have been walking home from that nightclub on your own, dressed as a woman. You shouldn't have been out there as a a trans person. And it's the same thing they say to gay people. They say, well, what were you doing out there so late at night in an area that's known To be unsafe for for gay people. You're like, well, so I'm the fault? I'm at fault? No. So yeah, this has been a really interesting conversation. It's just unfortunate. I guess an hour isn't enough time to totally unpack everything about that particular TV program. I think Lee and I both agreed. We watched it separately. And sort of came back together to have a conversation about it and it was not balanced it was definitely somebody at channel four got got to and decided they were going to do something for their dear friend kathleen stock and i think that's what it was and it goes to the fact that the trans community lacks platform we lack political coverage We lack media coverage. Nobody's willing to listen to us. For my own part, I have a few journalists who have been particularly open to having conversations with me. And the irony is that one is from the Telegraph and the other one's from the Times. So go figure. Pink News often talks about me, but they've never talked to me. So if anyone from Pink News is listening... Maybe next time you talk about me in Pink News, you might just want to reach out and have a conversation with me and get it from the horse's mouth. Yeah! (laughs) I'm not sure if that was a horse or a sheep. I'm going to play us out of this segment with probably the clip of the night which was when Cass completely nailed (laughs) Kathleen Stock. So I'm going to play us out with that. So I'm going to say goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Stay safe and keep spreading the love. In love and light. See you next week. The
3: first thing it's vital for me to do is to clarify my exact stance on this debate. The environment for trans people, in particular in the UK at present, is abhorrent and the hatred perpetuated by certain people in this room should be a damning indictment on them. And now, it's obvious from the line-up of this debate that this discussion is unavoidable. And, I suppose, better to head it off at the pass. I do not believe trans rights are up for debate. And I believe the union was wrong to invite Dr. Stock and, and risk shifting. As a proud non-binary person, it is impossible to look at the state of modern media and not be miserable. Trans rights remain not up for debate. Dr Stock, those she enables, and those who enable her, discussed me, and they should discuss this house. The world's largest
2: radio station for the trans community.
3: Trans Radio UK.